0: This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken.
1: Saddle up, partners.
2: Kyle's always ready to go. I'm always
1: ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, you two. It's podcast time. <laughs> well, we're just
0: getting prepared. We need some extra sleep before we go to Rocky Mountainado next week Yeah, the, for uh, the trade show and convention. Yep,
2: the re- Rocky Mountain, the region that incorporates like <laughs> Montana, Wyoming, Utah—I think all the way down to New Mexico—is um, having our convention next week. So
0: we'd be excited. prepared for our podcast. My only job was to make dinner reservations. <laughs> yeah. Cody's job was—I don't know—know know what the uh, convention what it's encompasses. Who's
1: going to be there? Yeah. And, what it's uh, about?
2: And to sign up for the excursions. And so Ken and I are doing a cooking class
0: so excited for this during yeah.
1: the nato convention yeah what goes yeah, on at this convention so is so fun isn't this for movie theaters it's for theater owners they've the, got outings cooking
0: well, classes? well they have uh, golf outings and if you're not interested in golf they yeah. have to provide a second yeah a uh, means of entertainment
2: but it's a way to do something fun and network so a cooking class all right. Um, the best part of the cooking class, I think, is <laughs> when I got the itinerary for the cooking class. They said that um, we should have appetizers in preparation for the class, and I'm thinking mimosas like you can't have just <laughs> Wait, what 10 30, 10 30 a.m appetizers no them, that there's gonna be mimosas
0: they provide them with the class or yeah. we have to show up with them
2: no they provide them with the class oh,
0: okay
1: oh i thought you were saying that you are yeah. wanting to show no, up yeah that's the way mimosas. you said it like oh sorry did i didn't know.
2: mean to say it like that
1: <laughs> they want us to I'm bring a, appetizers so itinerary. i'm gonna get everyone drunk we
2: gotta <laughs> get we all get there by 10 30 the class doesn't start Till 11 so appetizers are gonna be provided but it's 10
0: 30 a.m what cody's are we gonna like have mimosas appetizers. i hope appetizers cody's got appetizers in quotations here
1: yeah. i'd rather just i'd rather just get drunk on the golf course i know <laughs> i know you
2: would but this will be more fun
1: Did <sighs> yes, you say so <laughs> more fun well <laughs> i'm excited you, to
0: yeah. catch up with folks and me too you know go through the the trade show and see what kind of laser guided projectors they have now mm-hmm. and see what we've got going
1: yeah, so maybe the listeners out there can be able to see you guys. You are the yep. ones wearing the off-the-break podcast hats. <laughs> yes, we will be totally going in our off-the-break podcast attire. <laughs> no, but that'll be a fun time for you guys. Hopefully, um, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully it'll be great with the cooking class yeah. and whatever else is in we store. We will
2: tell you guys all about it when we get back.
0: Nice, a nice break out of the office, but yes, it'll be a busy few days.
2: Sony's bringing a film we get to, we get to watch. I'm not gonna say which one it is because it's a surprise. Oh, okay. We but get to screen it. We get to screen a Sony film while we're there, so that'll be really fun. Okay. Okay.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so it's not my guess. okay. I'll find uh, out after the show.
0: I'll just be i just be glad that we'll be sitting in a nice theater with recliners where yes, I can yeah. take it
1: out. It's
2: not a beyond the Spider first, unfortunately. We're really oh, far okay. away from that. Oh, okay
0: the movie that hasn't
1: been made yet. That's the yeah. only one I really want to see. Of course.
2: <laughs>
0: All right.
1: Napoleon so. is what we want to see. Oh,
2: yeah, in Napoleon. <laughs> I totally
1: want to see that one. If you said you wanted to see Oppenheimer, well, no, you still wouldn't have wanted to see Napoleon. Who am I kidding? There
2: will be a moment where I'm like, I should do this for Ken. And then yeah, that movie like, just flitters just like away really quickly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just like Oppenheimer happened.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Remember when that was a thing? Mean, Ken doesn't.
2: I bought <laughs> tickets for Oppenheimer. We just chose not to go.
0: <laughs> we chose not to
2: we go. We chose not to go and get a refund instead. A
0: Part of the metal... Band that I wear on my finger. Partnership agreement. Yeah. <laughs> if Cody decides she doesn't want to go, we're not going. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, so let's get into the topics. Let's get into right. the topics, Cody. What do you have for us that we need to talk so much about?
2: Well, I just thought it was it's interesting how as theaters update and renovate, you know, whether it's seating or bigger screens or better sound system, like Atmos. They are looking for ways to create upcharges in the auditoriums. And so sometimes in some complexes, they'll have regu- their regular seating and then they'll convert a, an auditorium to luxury and then they'll charge upcharge what, for what they call the luxury screen. Um, or they'll do the same thing with Atmos sound or whatever. But when they report it because it has an upcharge, it gets reported to Comscore as an upcharge ticket price. Mm-hmm. Well, Comscore is behind the times on, you know, how to distinguish all these variations of what an auditorium can be and how to account for upcharges because you have lots and lots of different versions. I mean, you can have anywhere from a 3D upcharge, like I said, an Atmos sound upcharge, D-box seating, the premium, huge formats, IMAX, like all of that stuff. Anything that's an upcharge is kind of getting now... (laughs) like pushed into one group on conscores reporting back to the studios Mm is just plf or preferred large format well when we think of plf we think those are the big screens that's the non-imax version of a big screen
1: when you say you you mean you the film buyers or okay
2: and others in the industry sure And the film companies that are getting the information,
0: they're like, when did you
1: get this? Okay,
2: Yeah, so then we're getting a lot of questions lately about, well, when did this theater get a PLF? And when did that one get a PLF? And Mm. really, it's just luxury upcharge. Now, for the buyers and the studios, it's, you know, a really... Like, dance around of what d- does this mean? A you know, gray area. Yeah, because we don't really have a big screen. Because a big screen also denotes like more seats and other things. So it's not only, not only are you getting an upcharge, you're getting probably a bigger auditorium. MX auditoriums yeah.
0: have hundreds of seats. Right. Whereas you can have a preferred large format screen that has 20 seats because yeah. based on the size of the auditorium, the screen is massive. Right. So it's all relative. It's
2: all relative. So it's just. We just bring it up because it is causing some issues and I and I think that studios haven't caught up with it. But it's also creating some opportunities too because the studios like to do things for just PLF screens, just upcharge screens. And they also like to do things for like just 3D. Not because 3D is so amazing and you should watch the film in 3D because they're like, look, we're getting an upcharge mm. So I think there's an opportunity for theaters here to maybe get access to more content or more fun things like premieres and stuff if if you have something with an upcharge. So I don't think they should, the point of the whole thing is I don't think you should be afraid of an upcharge. The way that it's getting reporting back to the studios, it doesn't really matter what the upcharge is for just as long as you have it. And it could be for Atmos Sound if you have a special screen or Luxury seating, like we're saying in other in other auditoriums, or it could just be maybe a VIP, you know, where alcohol is served and that the, there's nothing special, any different be- with the screen or the sound, but that maybe alcohol is just served in that auditorium. You pay and it's an 21. additional
0: fee because you have to provide like, additional security.
2: Additional. Right, like it's a 21 and over screen. So then maybe those tickets are a little bit more expensive because you're buying the 21 and over crowd experience. Okay. So there's just a lot of different ways you can think about how you can look at your audit- auditorium say, how can I offer a service that my audience will want and pay more for and that I can report back to the studios for an upcharge? Because you just can't upcharge for a regular experience. It does have to be something
1: special. Sure. So this gray area isn't necessarily a bad thing that your theater right. just might have to start being creative with how to mm-hmm. be a part of the upcharge aspect of it? Yes. Is what I'm getting? Yeah. Okay. And
2: and it, you shouldn't feel bad. Like, I don't feel like any theaters doing anything negative to the consumer because they know what they're getting upcharged for. So just because nobody is out there being like, we have a, a preferred large format and having the audience know what that means. That mm-hmm. is such an inside industry term. So I don't think I would worry about that aspect. Like oh, we can't be that because we don't have one. I think you just look at it as like, what do you have? What is your experience that you have that you can upcharge for? And then let the behind the scenes people take it over, you know, and whether it's getting reported as a PLF is, is not that big a deal. What is a big deal is that it's getting reported as an upcharge screen.
1: Sure. I mean, audiences don't need to know the inside baseball of it all, but Mm -hmm. you know, if they're seeing an upcharge, odds are they'll know, that they're picking like Adobe Admos um, option because mm. it probably is labeled as that or right. like a 3D option or they're going to the one with the luxury seating perhaps. So yep. um, yeah, you don't need to be upfront with them about like the inside industry stuff because mm. there's already a small enough reason to where their understanding of why they're getting an charge. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I just thought that was an interesting topic that's been coming up more and more, especially as some of my locations... Look at adding laser and what that means for the auditorium and look at upgrading again to luxury because we still have a lot of theaters that haven't upgraded mm-hmm. to luxury recliners. Um, and so as they still continue to do that, how that changes things. I mean, eventually, if you're, all your
1: auditoriums are luxury, <laughs> you don't get to do that charge anymore. That's just your ticket price. Maybe not, but we haven't gotten to that point, I nope. believe. So we'll get there when we get there.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we're getting to our next topic, and I, I smell something. What is that? What is that smell? Is it, a, is it a skunk? Is it is it manure?
1: No, it smells more like something rotten. Like a, a rotten tomato, maybe? Oh, no, not another no, rotten
2: tomatoes discussion. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. <laughs> They're back in the conversation of the industry, apparently. Um, Vulture has come out with. What they're trying to label it as a hit piece of sorts—that's kind of what I was reading into it. Yeah. Uh, the article itself is interesting, but they're trying to make it out as like a gotcha thing towards Rotten Tomatoes. When, mm-hmm. when you like read about what it, they're trying to get at, it's not all too surprising. But the majority of what Vulture is trying to write about in regards to Rotten Tomatoes is that they're outlining how studios are trying to kind of work the system to where they're trying to get a boost in like the ratings, a boost in Mm -hmm. the Rotten Tomato scores for their releases. So that way they can look good for uh, the opening weekend for like the weeks two through three. And we've seen that a lot with like a lot of genre movies. They really try to push hard for, you know, the tomato meter to really matter. So um, some of the things that they put in this article included how uh, the PR, Firms may just go to the critics that they think are going to be the most generous towards reviewing the movie, or they pick the ones who think the movie and like the contents of the movie are going to align with like what they're most into. So, not necessarily a a hit piece towards Rotten Tomatoes, I would say, but at least it's just giving an inside look into how the PR system works on that end.
2: So yeah, so it wasn't the studios directly; it was. Uh, public re- relations firms that are out there helping market these films. And hired what, by the studios. Hired by the studios. <laughs> yes. Sanctioned by studios. But what they were doing was if it appeared that the film was getting poor reviews and that it was not going to be certified fresh, hit mm. that thresh fr- fresh threshold, they would then. The threshold. The threshold. <laughs> they would then go out and. Uh, in approach a few critics mm-hmm. and there was some conversations of like um you scratch our back we'll scratch yours right you know here here's some fun things here's some money we'll pay for some of these some money was offered and exchanged as little as like 20 dollars like here's 20 bucks <laughs> write us a review like it was kind of pathetic and I just review
1: that that looks yeah. more nice than what you would probably do. and all
2: they were doing was getting the calculations to getting it just above that threshold so Mm -hmm. that it would be certified fresh and then they would go on with their marketing because there's like this whole marketing apparatus is like we're certified fresh this means something you got to check it out critics are loving it yeah like that whole thing but if you're not certified fresh you don't get that bump so that's all that they were looking for they weren't maliciously out to like help the film they were just out to get that bump so they're
1: their marketing plan could get moved forward. Yeah, for sure.
0: Somebody in Hollywood looking for a bump. What is this? The
1: eighties? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just was interesting in that article that they were trying to point blame towards Rotten Tomatoes, which I guess there's reason enough to do that because they're the ones monitoring the well, reviews. Think, but yeah. how? Do, how would? I don't think there would be a way for them to really keep track of PR yeah, firms think, giving out twenty dollars.
2: I think this is just. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes created a platform. The platform and the branding itself of the Rotten Tomatoes platform became bigger and started to actually have some sway in decision making for audiences if they wanted to go or not. Now this was a lot bigger pre pandemic, the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Like people really would not go to movies if it had a bad tomato score. Well, so no,
0: people just don't leave their house at all still right. unless it's a a huge
1: movie.
2: Yeah. So I mean it does It does give you some information. I mean, it's just, it's an easy, digestible number. You don't have to read somebody's opinion on it. It's Mm. just kind of a black and white, it's a good or bad. Like you get a number and it's easy to understand what that number means. So obviously studios hate this because, you know. It's art,
0: it's subjective. Yeah,
2: everything's subjective. You never really know when something is going to hit the cultural zeitgeist and be more it just almost destroys word of mouth which carries a film and gives it legs and grows it over time which is what studios like to see
0: yeah but there's so many movies that have made a hundred million dollars right. that have bad tomatoes that have bad tomato
2: scores so right. so what you know it was just all coalescing around how much does this tomato score matter and it matters enough for marketing a film, hey, this is certified fresh, go out and see this, everybody agrees it's good. But it also matters so little because if a movie truly is really good, if it if it's something that people really want to see, they don't they're not looking to Rotten Tomatoes. So this really in the Vulture article, they really only looked at really small period mostly period pieces, but they were able to look see these films see that they were not going to be fresh and see when they got a bump over time. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, they were able to quantify it. And I think that that was really interesting. They were able to pretty much pick out these obscure critics. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, you know, How do you combat that? Do you combat that? Is that even a thing? No. (laughs) Because it it really doesn't matter, but it does matter for little films. Like it does For the little ones, perhaps. It can legitimize an independent film very Mm, much. So mm. like, hey, have you heard of this one? The critics are loving it. Maybe we should check it out. But for something that's a big marketable film, I just don't see it. I could definitely tank a film, though. It could hurt it, yeah. And I think that's more of what the studios hate. Is that it could tank a film?
1: I'm not. Uh, hmm, I would. I would be curious if there was enough of a correlation to where a tomato score and like a tanking of a movie like go hand in hand. Because I would think that, for example, this year the Mario movie didn't have like the best tomato number, but it still, you know, wasn't tanking. That's for sure. So I, I wonder if there's outliers. Uh, oh, enough there's outliers, outliers to outliers. where it's not like. I just wonder if it's like that much of a pattern or if it's just too Well, I think, you know, there's, much of a give and take.
2: There's always outliers because the audience score is always different than the critics score. It's very, I think it, it's very few and far between that they align. Oh, really?
1: Okay. I would think the opposite.
0: I mean, they're, if they're high, the other one is generally high. If it's yeah. low, the other one is generally low, right. but they're not, not...
2: But there's a few like Mario where the critics are giving yeah, it worse than it is and like audiences mm-hmm. love it. Like there's there is a lot of examples of golf films yeah. where there's a gulf between critics and audiences. But this
0: whole article, this whole thing is really interesting because of the fact that Rotten Tomatoes didn't do anything. No. Wrong. They created you know, they were Frankenstein, they created the monster. <laughs> yes. yes. And then <laughs> Perfect. Then this other this PR company is coming in and and then they're poking the monster with their pitchforks yeah. and riling the monster up and it's it's like but Rotten Tomatoes didn't actually do anything they just created this platform that is now being bastardized by these
1: yeah <laughs> yeah places the, the studio is hated they're but...
0: manipulating the uh, the the game they're they're making things work in their favor for, which is for yeah something bucks, they hate a review. so gonna,
1: that that's <laughs> that's the funny part like clearly it's so little i think it's a small group of critics yeah but those critics are hacks yeah and if i was a hack i would not be asking for 20 dollars i would be asking for more <laughs>
2: that's what the author of the article was like saying was like how you know if you're gonna be bought shouldn't do you do it well be bought for a little bit more yeah. than 20 bucks if that you're doesn't gonna seem lean... like to get you very far anymore
1: if you're gonna lean into being a hack be a good one yeah like, if you're gonna be a bad critic, be a good hack. At
2: least get a fancy meal out. Something. Get something more than twenty bucks. I'm sure
1: that it was lots what, of toys what, and collectibles how many that you were able what, to get.
2: Kyle, what would you do it for? Like where would your where if you could be a critic and I, a hack? I I, what, I would how little would you do a positive review?
1: My my initial thought was five hundred, but I might bump Whoa. it up more. I think I would I would go into the thousands. If I turned to a hack, right. I, I would want a lot of money for it. <laughs> i'm really do, reliable oh, i
0: i'd do it for twenty dollars <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a good review but it's going to say no, but it
2: has to be it no, has it to be it has positive to so no, that it's Rock not going to be a well-written it.
0: review it's not going to yeah. be an excellent review but it's going to be like this movie is dope af yeah.
1: <laughs> but if if killer someone, soundtrack yo if there is a company being hired by a studio who has money behind it right and is asking you i would see how much i could get you i need? would i would try my hardest yeah. and uh Ask for way too much, and then, and then we'll go from there.
2: You can't do it. You got to be in a position where you're legitimate enough to be able to review and be aggregated. I don't know. So enough. I, otherwise, you're just part of the audience. score. Like, yeah, no, you just
1: use a, the buzzwords. If you, if you scroll like, through actual critics yeah. who are on Rotten Tomatoes. There's a lot of ones where it's like Joe's Movie Garage, and it's. <laughs> Like, where did you come from, guy? Movie makes me
0: want to YOLO. Like, yeah. you just got to use buzzwords and get it in there. Like, it's not
1: a the, matter of the
2: five word sentence that they can market down the yeah. road. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just saying, like, there might be a slim few where they have some credibility. Like, they're able to get their foot through the door. But, but there's some others Maybe who,
2: off the break podcast, should really start. Like putting out a blog with reviews of movies.
1: Try to get and into see Rotten Tomatoes. If we can see if how can easy it is.
2: Diversify and get some Rotten
1: Tomatoes money no. in here. Uh, like, they, I don't know, maybe another big invite from Rotten Tomatoes will come around, and we can try to get ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah. See what toys that we can I just get. Love Give the idea bucks. of
0: aggregating these quotes, like the best movie of the year. Ken, off the break <laughs> podcast, and it's this is not the. Best movie of the year, <laughs> yeah. Ken, off the break podcast. 20, for twenty dollars, let's get rid of knots. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Crossed out. Oh I don't know. I, I would try to highball them. I would try to get the most possible. Yeah. That's what you should do in negotiation. Start at the top, work your way down. This if this is the case though, like, and they're
0: looking at these crappy movies working out, like how much money would Disney have spent on big flops like the John Carters of old mm-hmm. to make it work? Yeah. Like they're like, we spent 20 million dollars marketing this putting taylor kitch on everything and we could have just paid somebody at Rotten tomatoes to give it a hundred percent score this <laughs> that, would have been way easier like <laughs> that, that
1: that part of the article did surprise me because yeah. their first paragraph or two was talking about this pr firm that uh did this strategy for a movie like ophelia which is like a uh shakespeare retelling And it only went to vod i don't think it even went to theaters no this was and i thought they were going to be like you won't believe what disney did but it was like no just this movie they've never heard of yeah it's like well i mean we know but i thought you were gonna go bigger with it i
2: i do wish that rotten tomatoes wouldn't put streaming
1: vod movies on there to get certified they're bad with TV shows, too. Yeah. I think it's. they're horrendous with reviewing TV. Oh, it's just... Or not, they don't review TV, don't re- but, like, the scoring of it.
2: Right. It just... It
1: lumps it all together. And right. It's just makes too it much
2: content to make it, like, it overwhelms mm-hmm. it. So it just, you know, get the value and the the it's, score like, we'll like even, you should. Because a, a big movie, that like, a certified fresh big movie score, to me, does not equal the same as a certified fresh, like, Ovelia... VOD. Like the, that that same fresh score is not fresh. The, sure. Or not equal in my book. One sure. is definitely a, a real stamp label. <laughs> the other is like, let's put a sticker on this. Call right. it good. One
0: had, yeah, a functioning cast and staff of hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> the other one was five guys
1: <laughs> and an iPhone Do, and an doing iPhone, their yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they Meta- tried really hard. Metacritic is like that too, though. They review video games and have their brain system. And it's like, is it the same as. Is this the same metric as like a movie and a TV show, and it just becomes too much as well? Like, just wait too they, much stuff to look at at once. This brings
0: up a thought: Do they do just video games or like board games to where like the board game Clue has an A minus, but the movie Clue is like a B plus?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Would have to look and, and into Milton, that. Milton Bradley's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna make our Clue sales go through the roof. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so do we have any other thoughts about this topic or should we just wrap it up My for the day? My thought is
2: I think we need to get into this hustle. Like this should be <laughs> off the break podcast side hustle.
1: Okay, but we're going to ask for more money if like...
2: <laughs> I mean, we used to do reviews. Remember way back in the day? We used to write reviews and then oh, we would sure, put yeah, the... Yeah. We had our <laughs> our detective guy like with the monocle and he yeah. would have the happy face, the meaning, like the regular face or a sad face
1: the silver screen insider website yeah, yeah. back yeah. in
2: the day of silver screen insider we used to do this
1: yeah and we were pretty good at it
0: no nope. money <laughs> nope moving on let's just be excited we have haunting in venice this week
1: we do
0: we've got a fall who getting... done it and or where done it. Where did or a, or it? A, get it done it's
1: it. a spooky uh, who done it. Why sense. why done it? <laughs> why why have another one did you do it? <laughs> when, when done it.
0: <laughs> anyway, it looks pretty
1: good. Yeah. Might check it out.
2: And then uh and then Rocky Mountain NATO next week and
0: Oh yeah. So Yeah, I gotta get my liver in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing it's in it's, Salt Lake City.
2: Well, for some people, that's high altitude drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So they got to get thing, their livers good in good shape. Thing we do that
0: every day. Yeah.
2: We're already at high altitude.
0: <laughs> we're Not already, too much of a difference. We're the uh, yeah. Lance Armstrongs of 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, especially when we go
2: to, to, to lower elevations. Yeah.
0: Watch out, LA. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast.